Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I am your host, CEO Hayes. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you go and follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. Make sure you're also checking out our YouTube channel. We've been getting more and more traffic there. I want to make sure, and you know, I haven't been doing the best job at promoting it so i'm gonna make sure that i do that as well that the, we do have a youtube channel um on that youtube channel you get usually the discussion topic um full video there sometimes i record the full episode both the end of mine hay segment and the discussion topic and going forward um i'm trying to get lady to start doing her cookie chronicle segment on video as well so you guys start you can start getting the full scope of the podcast on video and on audio uh all segments so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, on this week's episode, it's going to be a little bit different. No traditional In the Mind of Hay segment. We actually, um, because like I got, so for those who don't know, I was for a while, I was doing, uh, for about a month and a half, I was consistently streaming to IG Live every Saturday morning. I was calling it Hanging with Hayes, right? And uh, that was built around like helping creatives with things. You know, we got, sometimes we got into like other topics or whatever, but really like the first like four episodes of that series were built around uh equipment and you know video equipment audio equipment uh live streaming itself so uh the importance of like marketing knowing your analytics so that segment became like a really a, a dope spot to come for creatives to talk about how to how to improve their creativity and their reach um so i stopped doing it for a while and then uh so this past saturday I actually live streamed to my personal ig page on ig live and you know I, I it was literally just something for me to do um before i headed to a family barbecue and it ended up turning into like a really deep conversation about parenthood and uh you know i talk about some of the struggles with me and and you know my parents getting divorced and like some stuff with with my son and you know it it, it became a really great conversation um and i felt like it would have it was I didn't want to limit it just to that platform, so I'm bringing it here. So that's going to replace the end of my hay segment for this week. Let me know what you guys think about it. Um, and then also in the main discussion topic, we do have Stephanie from Poetry After Dark uh, to talk about uh, creating with a purpose, uh, how she's inspired me as a creative and vice versa. It's just a really good conversation. I don't want to like box it into just one specific topic because we do touch on a lot of things and have fun doing it. So um yeah, this is the uh, outside of that. This is the actual last episode recorded in this. Should I say this studio? Because like for those who know, I like built a studio in my basement. And so like I've built a whole new recording space um, that actually has two different sets. So it has the traditional podcasting set. And this is going to have a new set where I'm going to be doing some product reviews. I'm going to be doing my live streams from that set. So, uh, yeah, just building out different sets and like really expanding. Cause this original space was really just built for podcast recording. I wasn't doing video at the time or whatever. And since I've like expanded with like, 
Uh, I have the slider I want to use that's on two tripods. I have my, my camera that I want to use. So I, I really had to open up the space. So I created a, a, just a new a new open space for that. So really excited. Uh, next week will be the first episode in that new space. So you guys should hear a bit of a sound quality change as well because like I got even better soundproof and stuff so uh, i'm really excited for it but that's that's it uh, you know enough business on here we're going to get into our intro music and we'll catch you guys on the other side of that where we're going to get into i don't even know what to call it we'll get into the opening segment uh opening discussion i'll see you guys there the following is a breaks media podcast you are now listening to the best podcast in the world the awakened so hosted by my daddy That's, that's really it. I really don't have a lot. Of, uh, you know, usually when I live stream, I get into like the whole creative thing and talking about create creatives and equipment and how creatives can do. The, the one thing that I do want to say, this is real talk. And this is something that I've noticed in like the time that I've kind of been quiet on social media and stuff is that a lot of people give some fucking advice with creativity. And these motherfuckers are struggling to hit over 100 downloads. Stop taking advice from people who aren't successful. That's all I can say. Like, yeah, they may be able to help with equipment if the sounds right. But when you listen into like the business aspect of creativity or podcasting or YouTubing or whatever, always kind of look at their track record because I see a lot of people giving advice on how to grow their podcast and the motherfuckers who are trying to help people grow their podcast get like 150 downloads. Like, yeah, from somebody starting off, that may sound like a lot. But if you're if your idea is monetization, if your idea is turning it into a form of income, because it takes so much to turn it into your main source of income. But if you want some type of income, a hundred downloads is not doing it, play it. It's not going to do it for you. Um, so take it. So take advice from people who are actually, you see doing stuff in the creative space. And that's not to highlight me because there are people who are doing it way bigger than me. Uh, shout out to uh, flaw uh, 700, who's somebody who like I've been connected with almost since I started podcasting uh, Jay from just say words. These are people who actually like have, have honed in on the business aspect of podcasting. Every, like a lot of other people who give you pointers and ideas, like these motherfuckers aren't hitting no numbers. They don't have a single advertisement. The only thing that they have is a bunch of fucking friends. And if you're in podcasting to make friends, more power to you. But if you're in it to try to generate some income, stop listening to motherfuckers who ain't making no money off of it. You're wasting your time and, you, and, and then other people's time. Like the thing is like you're not really learning anything by doing it. You can learn the equipment side. You can learn how to get better sound quality. But when you're taking business advice from motherfuckers who have no business history, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, and so like people want to seem bigger than what they are in this podcasting game. Like even like me, the advice that I give, I give, and I, and I always try to preface it by saying, look, this is what I've been able to accomplish so far. You know, people, the Disney Plus thing for me, like Disney Plus advertising on my podcast, it's 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 a great, like, let me not, I don't want to belittle it because it took me like 30 emails to, to seal that deal. But um, 
Um, but when you look at like, like when I was talking about me, when you look at like, even, even me, like I don't sit there and, and talk all the time about the fact that breaks media started in 2019 and our first year out, we won best podcast network of the year at the pod excellent awards. I don't even say that that much because guess what? We got to continue that. Like, so I'm going to keep talking about what I, what I'm currently doing. We can, we can talk about previous accolades all day, but that doesn't guarantee, uh, future success. So like when I, when I talk and people come to me about stuff, I always try to be real, like. This is what I've been able to do so far. Don't be afraid to ask because people will not tell you. They will not be open about what they've done so far. They're giving you advice. They haven't gained a single advertising dollar other than somebody who owns a boutique that they've been cool with since, they, since they've been in middle school. Like, that's not real business. Who have you connected with outside of your, your circle? Who have you connected with outside of people that you don't know? Stop trying. Buddy business hurts more than it helps. That's all I can say. Stop doing shit for free for people. Stop trying, stop like staying in, in just your circle. Like you got to go out and hit these people hard to try to get some business. Like I got some stuff coming with Super Chefs, which is a local restaurant here. Um, and that took, that took some work because like they're one of the, the biggest black owned breakfast. Re- they are like the only black owned chain breakfast restaurant here locally in Columbus. But I, I did some work to do that. Like, and if, the, if people can't show you the work that they did and really all it is is they're connecting with their friends, then they're not really doing real business. And, I, and even like when Love, Lust, and Badass, so when we had um, our first couple of advertisers, those are people that I was cool with. I'm not even going to lie. They were people that I were cool with. I was giving them a hell of a deal on advertisement. But then like that helped. We built on top of that. Because I had an advertisement, people looked at it a different way. So then I was able to go after people that I didn't know. You got to keep advancing. Stop, like, stop. Man, I, I just, I hate to see people buy. And look, I said I wasn't going to talk about creativity. If you can't tell I'm passionate about this shit, because I just hate pe- seeing people, like, keep boxing themselves in with shit, and they really haven't done no fucking work. Like, your friend started a online, whatever, XYZ, CMOS company, whatever, and you and you have, have looped them into what you're doing creatively, creatively, that's great. But where's the real business at? Where's the real business at? Like, we got to stop, man. We got to stop. Like, if you, want, if you want this to be a business, then act and treat it as a business. I can't tell you enough how many times I sit down with people. And when I, when I pull out all my stats and when I pull out, like, my, my, my idea for them as a brand or my idea for where my brand is going to go, and they're completely, like, flabbergasted by it because they've sat down with other podcasters who aren't about their business. They're about making friends. This shit, you can make friends in this. You can make business in this. Sometimes you can mix them both if you're good at what you do. But at the same time, you got to pick your lane. If you want to just make a bunch of buddies and say you got a lot of people that you're cool with, fine, do that. But then you're not doing business, fam. You're not doing business. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I've been in this podcast game for five years, five plus actually. Um, my solo podcast will be three years old next month. Um, and in that time, not to say that I'm like an expert or anything, but I've just seen so much shit that it's like, I just have to shake my head at. Seeing people like lose fucking friendships, that lifelong friendships, but the moment they try to start a, a podcast or a business together, they can't stand each other anymore. Like it's all because people look at this as an easy game and it's not. You got to have your shit in order, man. That's all I can say. Like me and like me and Tia, uh, who's in the chat, the first lady, lady, because she's going to kill me if you keep using her name. But like, even in us going into podcasting together and, and Love, Lust, and Badass So as a business together, like, I didn't ask her before when I was first looking for a new cause because, like, I, I like it's it's difficult sometimes mixing friendship with business because it can it can go left where people, like, can have different ideas. And so, like, eh, man, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a difficult thing to go. And luckily, me and her are usually always on the same page so far. But uh, I think also, like, she respects me and I respect her to the utmost. So even if we do disagree on something, it hasn't happened yet. I want to make sure that I say it hasn't happened yet. But even if we do disagree on something, 
I'm I'm fine giving like just saying, all right, well, see with what you want to go with because I trust her. Like if, even if I don't see it or if I see it as all right, maybe this isn't going to work out the way that we think it's going to work out. I'm going to point it out to her, but if she still really wants to do it, all right, we're going to rock it out because I trust you. And then even if for some reason it doesn't go the way that we hope that it's going to go, I'm not going to hold it over your head. It's going to be like, all right, well, how, how, let's, let's rebound. Like, let's get in here and let's talk about how we're going to keep this business going. Like, for real, because like you, people got to, people let this podcasting shit go to their head, man. And the thing is that until you're doing it full time, you ain't, you ain't did shit. You are, you have not done shit. Like you may have been successful to a certain degree, but people got to stop acting like they the end all be all and they have not really accomplished shit. None of us, Joe, but of us on the, until, until somebody in this podcast, the black, the black, like grassroots podcasting community, as we call it, until one of us sign a, a deal like that, motherfucker, we also trying to figure it out. We also trying to figure it out. All we can do is help each other along the way to try to avoid some obstacles, but motherfuckers get so caught up in their head and let this little, like people, you can tell people who are in this, in this game and in this community who have not really succeeded or, or, or did a lot in real life because they let those hundred downloads go to their head real quick. They let a couple of tweets over your content being good go to your head real quick and then they stagnate. And then that's when people burn out. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Like you'll see people burn out every single day. I've been at this shit for three years with the Awakened Soul. There's only been two weeks and three years that I have not dropped an episode. You can't talk to me about consistency. This is what I do. So like when people try to like talk about growth, like I'm syndicated on three different radio radio stations across the country for a podcast, right? But I, I don't sit there and boast about it because look, Spotify ain't hit me up for no hundred million dollars. So all that stuff that I'm doing so far, yeah, it's great on the resume. It's great to help keeping me build. It's great to help keeping my my base grow and everything and i'm extremely appreciative of those radio stations that have heard my crazy ass on the podcast and been like yeah we want that on our airways i'm extremely appreciative of that but at the same time until i get that deal fam i'm staying hungry that shit can't go to my head that shit cannot go to my head so um yeah i just got on a path see why do y'all get me talking about creativity shit like and then i get passionate as fuck and then people are gonna watch this video and be like hazes hazes Hayes is doing Hayes shit again. Um, I appreciate that, Ty. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's super. Like the the thing, like part of this, I like I took my audio quality very serious. Then when I got into video, hell, I bought a four thousand dollar movie camera because I want my YouTube videos to look great. Like who does that? But uh, like I I knew that I wanted my sound to be right, and I knew that I wanted like because it's therapy for me. So it's easy for me. Like in in the under three years that I've been doing this, we're at like hundred and eighty episodes. So. Like I have more episodes than weeks that I should have been released because I'm a weekly podcast. And that's because I work hard and I love doing what I do. But also, like I said, it's therapy. Um, I know it helps people. Like the times that I don't, the two weeks of, of this podcast life that I have not dropped the episode, I felt shitty. Um, and you know, sometimes you have to take take a moment for yourself and your own peace, but I felt shitty because I know people listen to the Awakened Soul and it helps them with with breakthroughs, it helps them help helps them with shit like I still get the episode that I did with me and my daughter. I still get messages to this day of people saying me listening to that episode has helped me have a conversation with my child that I never thought we'd be able to have. It's grown people that reach back out and talk to a parent that they've been estranged from that, that talk to them because of that episode. And so when, when stuff like that happens, that keeps me motivated to uh, utmost. Like I'm for some crazy reason, my crazy black ass is really has found a way to help people in their life. And because of that, I, I can never stop. I can never stop.
Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all affirming the shit out of me. I really do love, like, I said this from the get-go. Like, I have some of the most supportive followers uh, in this community, for real. And I know, and I, and I will admit, I know a lot of people follow me initially because, like, my looks or whatever, they think I'm attractive, whatever. But I, I love the fact that even when people follow me because of that, I hook them with the content. And that's more meaningful to me. Like, all right, you can think I'm attractive all day long. I'm fat and I'm black and I'm light-skinned. I get it. But, um... <laughs> But the fact that even people who maybe initially follow me and like, oh, you're handsome, almost everybody comes back and is like, oh, I listened to your podcast and that shit was deep. Like the content speaks louder than what my looks ever could. Like the, the content speaks louder than what my cockiness ever could. Like it, and it, it's proven. And I appreciate that um, because that that's what really um, and I was bummed. Keep going. You have the following. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about this. Like, and Xavier's here, my oldest son. Um, so episode, like what me and Amaya did, my oldest daughter, that's coming with me and him. Uh, we've already kind of talked about it. Um, and I think he more so than my daughter has a lot of questions about why me and his mom didn't work out. So y'all pray for me because I've never had that conversation with my children. And so, especially him being the oldest and being like, he's starting high school, he's 14 and he's really like. He understands things more than the other ones. It's a conversation that I'm scared. I'm terrified to have because I, I don't want to say something. And then like, cause I'm always honest with my kids. Right. And luckily like my kids have never really asked, like, why did you and mom get divorced? Because I feel like, like my answer to that is going to make them look at her and me differently. Um, because like my kids see us as like these perfect people and like, we're not that. And like to break that, that view that my kids have of me, of me being perfect, it's great. And it's scary at the same time, because you never know how they're going to react. But a lot of ki- people aren't vulnerable with their kids. They don't tell their kids the truth. Um, and so there's a lot of flaws and things that I did wrong um, in my marriage that he, that he's going to ask about. And, you know, like those episodes with my kids, that it's really their episodes. I turn it over to them. I let them ask what's on their hearts, what's on their minds. And I kind of fill in the gaps and, and make it creative as I can. But um, like to hear your father tell you that he's not perfect. I just, I wonder how that's going to go. Right. Because like me as being a, a kid of divorce, I can honestly say, I've never asked my dad why my, my, my parents got divorced. I was 16 when my parents got divorced and I have never asked why I just haven't. Like, it's, I don't really care. And I think I'm in a way I'm afraid to kind of know the truth because I don't want to look at my parents differently. But my son is at that point where he wants to know. Not not for the fact of like trying to get us back together or anything, but I think he wants to know um, and he has questions of like why his family isn't together all the time anymore. And so that's an episode that's going to I'm probably going to cry on that episode. I cry every time I talk to my kids. I cut it out of the episode with Amaya because we had like a moment. If you go back and listen to the episode with Amaya, there's like a moment at about like the 35 minute mark where we kind of jump subjects. And that's because me and her had a heart to heart and I started crying. Um, so yeah, I, but I, I won't cut it out of this one. I won't cut it out of this one. Kids need to know why you're not perfect. It helps them understand that it's okay for them. To know. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. And that's something I'm learning as I get older. Um, that's something I'm learning. And I see that as my kids get older too, they appreciate seeing the flaws in their father. Like I had to admit to my daughter the other day, cause she was like, I noticed every time you do the dishes, you don't use the dishwasher, you wash them by hand. And I had to let her know. Like, I never learned how to load it. We weren't allowed to use dishwashers, and my mom didn't allow us to. So I never learned how to how to load a dishwasher. Like, even when I was married, my wife did it, and then by the time we split, like, I, when I was alone, I just washed them by hands, and then the kids would do it. So, like, her looking at me and having that moment of, this man, my daughter, like, looking at me and saying, this man who I've seen build rooms, and I've seen build decks, and I've seen, like, him take a, apart 
electronics and put them back together, doesn't know how to load a dishwasher, and that look on her face was just like, shit, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's me and my kids, like for the people who like got to see me parent or even hear me on the phone, uh, like parent, like my kids are my world. And like, I, I, I believe in being completely honest with my children. And, you know, I've known, I knew this question was coming. I actually thought my daughters would probably ask it before my son, because he's much like me. He's quiet. He takes everything in. He's more observant. Um, he, he just goes off what he observes. He really doesn't say a lot. So like for him to for him to to say that he's ready to hear that story is like shit man god damn it god damn it um it's deep man it's deep like I me and my kids man I I love being a father I was actually talking to uh to lady uh, the other day and I was just like I love being a parent like I just I really do I it's some it's crazy because this like I've never I used to always be the person who I didn't want kids like when I was young I used to always say I didn't want kids I wanted to live I wanted to do X Y Z. But like, even though I have my time and my moments to do my adult things and it's fun and I love getting to have like kid free time sometimes, but like I, I get so much enjoyment out of just sitting back and watching my kids interact. There was, there was yesterday, matter of fact, when I was cooking yesterday, um, they were all in the living room just playing Mario Kart and cracking jokes. Then my son started playing, oh no, my daughter started playing peanut butter jelly time and they all got up and started dancing and just seeing those moments with them, not even in, involving me, but just getting to see them amongst themselves enjoying each other is like heaven to me. Like I can watch my children all day interact and just be siblings. And it's like, it's the greatest thing in the world. And to look at it and be like, these are people that I help bring in the world. And like, luckily me and their mother do a great job. That's why nobody, even in the divorce episodes that I've done, I did a whole series on divorce. You would never hear me bash my ex. Because while we weren't great spouses to each other, the mother that, the, the way that we raise our kids and the love that we pour in our kids are proven every day by the beautiful people that they're becoming. And for that, she's always going to have my respect. I will never badmouth my ex, um, ever. Even in when I, if I talk about some of the stuff she did to me and I, I make sure I talk about what I did to her too to make sure that it's not to vilify her. And I do that for my kids too. It's like, because what, what, the product of us being married, the product of us being together, those four beautiful children that are upstairs right now makes everything worth it. Every headache that I ever had, every bit of stress she ever caused me, everything is all worth it because of those children up there and how happy they are when they're together. Um, so uh, it, it took us some time. Like, I think for us to be able to co-parent, like it took healing. It took uh, on my part and her part, but it also took... Um, just I don't know I don't even know how to explain how we got to that point because it was so bad at one point like something that I don't I don't talk about a lot like there was a point in time where like you know what I'll save it for the episode with my son because I'm giving too much away um but there was there was a point in time where it was just really really bad and we came out on the other side of that stronger friends and co-parents we still get on each other's nerves sometimes there's times where I know I get on her nerves there's times where she gets on my nerves where I'll look at her calling and I'll be like look I'm not even gonna answer that shit right now um but at the end of the day, I think regardless of whatever obstacles that come, um, we know that we both love our children and it makes everything everything worth it. And we're both completely active in our children's lives. So it, it cuts out a lot of the extra shit. And then I know for me, uh, understanding my mom couldn't be who I regulation and it really allowed me to let things go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um yeah, and I think with, like, my father, so something that I've, that I've talked about a little bit, and it's funny how we've, like, gotten into, like, parenthood and stuff, but I could talk about my kids all day, um, but, like, 
with me when my parents split, right? And keep in mind, I still I still don't know why they split. Like my parents, in my mind, went from I never saw my parents argue in the 20 years they were married. Well, I was around for 16 of them because they were married four years before me. I never saw my parents argue once. Um, and then I saw them argue, and then the next week we were moving out. So like it, it like in my mind it was like like this perfect marriage going from perfect to to being divorced, and and we were moving half to another country because we were living in Italy. Then we moved to St. Louis. Um, but with when my parents divorced, and I was living just with my mom, right? And I immediately went from being the 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 oldest well the only son to like being in like this parenting role because my mom she didn't want her way of living changing at all, so she worked two jobs. So like I would get my sisters up get them on the bus for school, go to school myself, come back home, cook dinner, stay up, wait for my mom to get home from her second job because I could not go to sleep until my, I, I knew my mom was in the house. I would go to sleep, wake up, the whole process would start over again. But in that, like, I built a lot of resentment towards my father just because he wasn't around. Like, my dad was my coach. He was my mentor. He was my best friend. So to go from 16 years of having my dad there every every moment to not having my dad there, I, I had went into, like, this dark resentment of him and the world like i've talked about it before like I, I was it was so bad at one point where i used to start fight at school just because my friends would be like i think you couldn't beat his ass and like i so i had to i had to like realize like why i was so angry and part of the reason why i was angry was because my dad wasn't there like he just and he was in the military it wasn't his fault it's not like he didn't or wasn't active or i didn't talk to him a lot but physically my dad was not there he lived in italy we were in st louis and then when they did restation him they moved him to california so like we were half a country away from each other. That was the furthest I had ever been from my dad. And I was pissed off at the fact that my dad wasn't there. And I carried that resentment. Keep in mind, my dad was my best friend. I did not talk to my dad from the age of 17 to 21. My best friend, I didn't talk to him. And if it wasn't for my son being born, I don't know how we would have closed that gap. But my son was born. I reached out to him. I talked to him. And it wasn't him. He used to try to call me all the time. I would deny his calls. I changed my number. I didn't want him to have it. So it wasn't my dad. I want to make that clear. It wasn't my dad, but that was me being resentment, resentful over the fact that he just was not there. And then once we did have that conversation, he actually came to St. Louis. The first time he held my son, I'm looking at him and I just busted out crying. He was like, what's wrong? I was like, where the fuck have you been, bro? He was like, I tried to be there. You blocked me out. I was like, you're right. And he was like, why did you do that? I said, because you weren't there. He was like, well, how am I going to try to be there for you if you won't let me back in? I knew you were going through something. I wanted to be there for you, but you just wouldn't talk to me. So we had a conversation there. And I, like, I knew that I never wanted my kids to be like that. So I've been in my kids. Like, luckily, even when I did move from St. Louis to Columbus, like I was able to still see them all the time. And then eventually they came here. Um, but yeah, so like that, that pain that I carried for, for those four years that I carried that pain with me and all it was because is because as a man, I didn't know how to just say, dad, I miss you. So rather than miss somebody in my mind, I was like, fuck you. Like, and, and that's, that's a problem, right? That's, that's an issue. That's not a proper way to deal with shit. And so like, luckily me and my dad reconnected. That's my best friend. Again, I talked to my dad or text because I don't talk on the phone, um, every day probably. Um, but like. I almost ruined my connection with my father over just being mad that my parents divorced. And I took that out on him. He didn't do anything to me, but I took that out on him. So I think that once me and their mom went through that, I really wanted to make sure that they didn't, they couldn't develop those same feelings. So it just, I, I overdid it. Like did it and I was always around. Always on. At one point, me and Xavier had like a similar conversation. He was just like, I'm here other weekend. I'm here throughout the week. I won't get in and, you know, luckily he's more, way more emotionally mature than I was at that, at that point in time. So he was able to just work it out.
But um, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't expect this to turn into this. I'm sorry. Like I don't mean to make people cry. I don't mean to like be the uh, like or anything to be a doubt or anything. But that's just my life, man. And you know, um, I'm sorry. Is it better now? But yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's just that's just my life. Um, and so we uh we worked it out. But like I just I'm I love my children so much, man. I love I just love everything about their crazy asses. And Alan's upstairs now saying he wants to eat. He just he literally just had a sandwich before I came down here and plugged up everything to start recording. That's that's parenthood. That's parenthood. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Uh. I'm sorry, I, we got on a whole tangent. This took a whole different turn, man. I appreciate y'all. Um, but yeah, and you know, uh, lady, me and you, me and you have talked about that. That's not my place uh, to get into any of that here. But what I'll say, like, even even if for some reason, for, let's say for some reason, me and my dad's relationship wasn't able to be reconnected, at least I got that off my chest and I let him know what was going on. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta be completely and brutally honest with people. And then let the chips fall where they may, but at least that way you get it off your spirit, man. Because um, our parents aren't perfect people. And I think sometimes it's it's easy to like things that they fall short on. Sometimes it's easy to keep holding that against them and whatnot. Um, but we got to remember that our parents are just like us. They're flawed, imperfect individuals who are just trying to figure it the fuck out. That's all we're trying to do. That's all this human life is, is trying to figure it out. None of us are going to ever have it 100% completely together. We're not. So once you st once you realize that th that your parents are imperfect and they're going to fuck up, it doesn't mean it's intentional. It doesn't mean it was meant to hurt you. It doesn't mean that they don't care. Somebody can have the, the best intentions in the world, but they can still fuck up. And I think that's what makes it harder to deal with sometimes is to realize this person loves me. This person cares about me. This person wants the best for me. But why do they fuck up? And you have to look at it like, well, they fucked up because we're not perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. Um, so, but that's it, man. I'm, I'm finna go. Y'all didn't got me emotional and shit. I gotta go hug my damn kids now. Cause y'all got me emotional. Uh, but uh, yeah, I gotta start recording these, man. Like really, these would be great. Um, yeah, we're just trying to figure it out. That's that's it. I can say every day I'm trying to figure something out. Like people think that I have my shit together because like a people think like I'm like I have money or some shit. No, I just save up very well. I'm a I was a financial advisor forever. But like people like see like with me and my kids and how stuff going think like I have it all figured out. I don't. I have to. I like luckily I have that relationship with my kids to where. Sometimes our kids have to teach us how to parent them, right? We have to reinforce it. But if you listen and you watch your kids closely enough, they will teach you the best ways to be effective parents towards them. Sometimes we don't figure it out at all. And we have to, we have to learn by either failing or we have to learn by really, really paying attention and looking at what, how our kids are. And all four of them upstairs all need different types of parenting. I could just, I'm telling you that right now. There is no one universal way I parent my kids that's effective for everybody. I've had to figure out a way to do it and through like me working with their mom through me and like my mom pointing out stuff and just when they say it takes a village to raise a child that's what they mean is because there's going to be some things and some knowledge that you just don't have or a perspective that comes from an outside party and sometimes it comes from your children like i could like maya has helped me parent alan more than almost any other adult because maya and alan are super close it's funny because it's like skips age zay and alana are are super close and, and Maya and, and Alan are super close, but um, like she's so like seeing how she interacts with him helped make me a better parent to Alan because Alan has a speech delay. Um, not really so much anymore. He's kind of, he's coming out of it, but he just doesn't like to talk. And some, for some reason he doesn't always understand why questions, but seeing how Maya is patient with him and how she communicates with him has helped me tweak my parenting style. So 
in a way, my daughter has taught me to be a better parent to my youngest son. So you just got to be open to learn all that, all of that. Yeah, they'll tell you. They will tell the kids. And because kids don't have filters, kids are like sometimes are the best judge of people. Right. And like, yeah, you have to add your adult mind to it to kind of refine it some. But kids, for the most part, are very great at reading people. Like for like, for example, if your kid is afraid to go to someone, usually it's not just because they just don't like a person. It's because there's something in that person's spirit or something about that person that has kind of not made them settled. And you need to pay attention to that. Like. You really need to pay attention and listen to your children and talk to them. I feel like a lot of times as parents, we talk at our children and we don't openly communicate back and forth with them. We need to do a better job at that. We need to do a better job at that. But uh, I can't wait to people go back and watch this live and be like, this nigga Hayes talked from creativity to being a parent to his trauma with his, par- with his parents being divorced. Like we didn't hit everything on this, what, 38 minute live. So uh, I appreciate y'all. This is, I mean, well, that's why I say like stuff like this is therapy for me because, you know, it's good to get it out and I'm sure somebody's gonna hear it too. And hopefully it helps them like uh, bridge a communication barrier with their kids. So yep, yep, that's it, that's it. But all right, I am officially out. We got an hour and a half before we gotta leave and I still gotta bathe Alan and get him dressed. Everybody else is ready. So I love y'all truly. And I and I know I say I end every podcast, I end every live. I always say I love y'all. And I, I don't that's I don't take the word love lightly. I love you. I love my my supporters. I hate saying like followers. I hate saying fans. Like I have I have people who help support and build me and this podcast up and everything that I do on my platform. And I really love y'all because you guys have made me a better person. You guys have made me as someone who was an introverted as hell and quiet before I started this, like look. I just got on live and I've basically been talking for 40 minutes straight. That that would not be able to happen if it wasn't for you guys lifting me up. And you guys have been doing that since I started this podcast. All right. That was rough for me to listen to for a couple of different reasons, right? Um, one being, like, it was so all over the place. Uh, I usually, like, like making stuff so, like, well-prepared and stuff, like, with the podcast. Like, you, it's all well put together and thought out even before I start recording. Um, even though in, like, some of the episodes where I uh, I just sit down and record, like, I still usually have my thoughts pretty well uh, thought out. Like, that live, I literally went live for, for I planned on for, like, 10 minutes and, and it turned into that. But, you know, it's good content, um, a good conversation that needed to be had. And, like, I know you guys couldn't see, like, the chat and stuff from just listening to it here, but it, it, it got real. It got real, and the people were really responding to it. And so it was it was, it was was needed, right? Um, and then the audio, too, like, uh, again, because I because I wasn't prepared to uh, to record for that long or uh, to be live for that long. Like I didn't have my like usual setup like I do now with podcasting. Like, that was like that was a lapel mic um, and, and a camera. So uh, but, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed it content wise. Sorry for like the the jerkiness of like the different audio quality sounds. Maybe I'm just thinking too much with that. Maybe it's not something that people are really going to trip off of but you know it is what it is but enough of me talking um we actually are going to get into our uh first commercial and then after that we're going to jump to the cookie chronicles with lady uh who's back this week so i'll see you guys right after that hey what's up everybody i'm ludrick rail c cooper author of the new book deserving mercy this is the deserving mercy podcast deserving mercy originally started out as a short film I then wrote the book, and now I'm here hosting the podcast. It's a story of a young black college male student who attends a fictional HBCU, that's historically black college and university. He gets wrongfully accused of a crime that he did not commit. Even though he's innocent, even though he graduates and earns his degree, 
he still experiences different challenges moving forward with his life. On this podcast, we will be discussing the many different topics that can be talked about in the book Deserving Mercy that includes wrongfully accused, being wrongfully convicted, HBCU news, and even how to handle stuff like peer pressure as teens. Again, this is the Deserving Mercy podcast. Sit back, relax, listen, learn, and be inspired. Welcome to another segment of Cookie Chronicles here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. And today was a struggle trying to find a topic until I talked to my girlfriend. So I talked to, let me call her Miss Frustrated today, okay? <laughs> I talked to Miss Frustrated today and she's been with the person that she's dealing with for 10 years. They've been friends. They started off as best friends. Um, they've kind of gone back and forth with the whole dating friend um, on and off, just like not speaking over the course of 10 years. Um, so now they're at the part where they're living together and they live down south. And my girlfriend, Miss Frustrated, is having issues with trying to figure out where they're going. Um, her significant other wants well, I, I don't even know if I can call it that. Um, but her partner wants them to like slow down and she wants to take time out to get herself together. She's older, um, at least 10 plus years older than my girlfriend and um, just wants to like get her life in order and together. Um, the thing was that in a previous relationship, she kind of lost herself. And so now she wants to find herself and, you know, have her and my friend Miss Frustrated get back to a point that they were in their best friendship so many years ago. Um, but Miss Frustrated is frustrated. She's like, listen, we've gone back and forth with this over 10 years. Like you had me move down here with you with the intent of us being together. You mentioned marriage, you wanted to have kids. And now all of a sudden you want to work on yourself. I'm still the love of your life. You don't want to be with anyone else, but what are we doing? <laughs> so she's, again, frustrated. And she kind of asked, her question was, how long is the talking stage before the relationship stage? And to be honest, I don't have an answer for her. Um, I feel like it kind of just depends on the people involved. But if you do get to a point where you're tired of waiting and you want to see what else is out there, then you should do just that. I did tell her that she should have another conversation with her person and kind of just let her know where she is at with it and how she feels and, you know, not give an ultimatum, but kind of just be like, look, we've done this. We've been here. This is not new for us. Like, how long do you expect for me to wait in a sense? Or how long is it going to be before you get yourself together? Because her, my friend, like most women, we feel like, okay, well, if you already know you love us and you already know you want to be with me, why can't we just do it? Like, my advice to her was, listen, when it comes to me, I feel like women, me, particular and a lot of the women that I am friends with because we share a lot of the same characteristics we want to be a helpmate like 
our goals are to be wives and have families. And it's almost like, well, while I get you want to get yourself together, if we already know what we're going to do and what the long-term goal is, why can't we do that together and I just help you through it? If I'm here to be a helpmate to you, let me help you. And you're a movement by yourself, but you're a force when you're together. Why not join forces and let me help you get your credit together? Let me help you um, with your emotional baggage. Let me help you talk through it. Like, however I can be of assistance, use me for that. Like, that is what we want in our relationship. And I just think that Miss Frustrated is, again, frustrated with where things are going. Um, she's talked to me personally about it over the course of the years that I've known her. I want to say maybe four years now um, that I've known her. And it's always been a thing. So, I mean, again, my suggestion to her was to just have a conversation. I'm sure you're tired of having these conversations, but if you haven't quite had any clarity, then this is the moment to do so. And just lay it all on the table. I feel like a lot of couples and people that are trying to see what's going to happen in their relationship say that they have these conversations, but they're not 100% transparent. And I need you to be 100% transparent. If this is something that you really don't want, then don't string me along and be strong enough and love me enough to let me go. But if it's something that you do want, let's work through why you feel like you need to do this by yourself when I'm here to help you and be of assistance to you. So I kind of get it. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same space where I've dealt with someone for, not dealt with, but I've been friends with someone for a little while. And I feel like we kind of want the same things. And it's kind of like, well, if we want the same things and we know that we have awesome chemistry, why not just try it and see what happens? The worst thing is that we'll end up broken up and we'll still be friends. But <laughs> we've been friends for so long and we have so much respect for each other. Let's just jump out there and see what happens. But you do have to respect the other person's time and whatever thought processes they have and what they need to do. So, again, she needs to have the conversation. See what happens. If she gets a lot of answers that she doesn't like or she's not comfortable with, then she has to make a decision to say, hey, what do we? What am I gonna do? Like, am I gonna stick around for another ten years, or am I gonna move on and see what else is out there? I mean, she did move all the way down south from the East Coast to be with this woman. So I hope they work it out, and I'm definitely gonna give you guys an update. Um, she did say that she will come on in a couple of weeks once she's had this conversation and kind of let us know like what happened and what the results were. So that's really good. But I really wish them the best. I love them together. I really wish they can get it together and help each other be helpmates to each other, if that makes sense. Um, but again, if you're in a situation and you just want to know like where you're going with someone, I don't really think. Again, her question, her question was how much time in between like talking and uh, a relationship. I don't really think there's a time frame. I think you just have to go with whatever feel, feels natural to the both of you. And you both have to be on the same page in order to get the results that you want. If you're not on the same page, it's okay with saying, okay, well, I would love to try this with you. I think you're an awesome person. Um, I think we'll be really great together. Is there any time frame or like processes that you feel like you have to go through in order to know when that is going to be? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but again, you have to be open. You have to be 100% honest, not just a little bit, but you have to lay it all on the table. And I think that's the scary thing for a lot of people. They don't want to be vulnerable. 
It's okay to be vulnerable. That's how you get your answers. And if you feel uncomfortable with the answers that you get, then you have to make a decision from there. But you have to trust that the person is telling you exactly how they feel. But again, I wish them the best. I am rooting for them. I've always been rooting for them. And I just want them to win. I want to see them be great. Like, they're awesome together. Um, but hopefully she will get back to me in a couple weeks and I will have her come on and tell everyone what the results were and how they worked through it. Because I think it's important for other couples um, and potential couples to know that it's okay to talk things through. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But it also helps other people who are going through the same situation to kind of feel like they're not alone. So I'm going to bring her on. She's going to talk about it and we'll see how it went. But until next time, y'all, see you next week. Bye. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Marco the Prince, the host of Hear Me Out Podcast. And I am here to tell you a little about me and my podcast. I'm a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Portland, Oregon, currently reside on the East Coast. I have done everything from a nine to five, retail, been homeless, been engaged, um, AmeriCorps, volunteer jobs, and whatever you think of, I probably done it or experienced it. And I am here just so my voice can be heard and hopefully touch the voice of someone else to remind them that we all don't got it, but we can all go get it. Um, so I'm here to just share my life experiences, motivate people, rant, and just be heard. So you can hear me out on all the socials at hearmeout.pod for Instagram, Hear Me Out Podcast on Facebook, and also this is Hear Me Out on Twitter. And you can also stream me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Brinker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, and wherever you catch your favorite cast at. So hopefully you hear me out and catch the vibe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakening. So I have a first-time guest, but this is not going to be the last time you hear her voice in this podcast. If you guys have been checking her out, uh, this is the host of Poetry After Dark. And I feel like that's 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 your entryway into podcasting, because I just know bigger and better shit's coming from you at some point. But enough of that. Uh, we got Miss Steph in the building. What's going on, Stephanie? What's up? How are y'all? I, yeah, I hope everybody's doing all right after Fourth of July. Like this was the first, the first Fourth of July where I feel like I saw black people actively like being like, you know what, fuck, fuck Fourth of July, and I and it felt good. It honestly felt good, like because we weren't free. So hey, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but you like me and you met first at melanin festival right back in march so it's only been a handful of months since then you started poetry after dark you also do uh the df what is the dfw creatives is that what it is the name um, of the page? DFW. see there you go i oh, see I, it's so much shit oh um, <laughs> <laughs> you are an author a poet an artist what you know, like for me to be somebody who does a lot of stuff, I always respect people who like I have a lot of their hands in a lot of stuff. So like how a do you balance it all? How do like 
like do you ever feel like your passion's shifting from one of your art forms to another and then you have to roll it back in like like walk us through it um yeah sometimes i feel like they do collide mm-hmm. a lot um and sometimes it can like handicap me sometimes mm-hmm. because it's just so much i want to do um but usually what i do i'll just throw it all out there and do it and then i'll let it weed itself out okay. like it'll tell me what doesn't work um but i just kind of work them all at the same time on different days and just see what what takes off what people actually like because they'll tell you they'll yeah. let you know fair enough fair enough that's definitely true um, so I didn't tell you. It's funny because I invited you on the podcast, and I usually like write up these whole like lists so people who are guessing on know what we're talking about. I didn't do that with you on purpose because I kind of wanted to catch you off guard, but also I don't know getting your shit. Like I said before we started recording, so um, the whole the whole idea behind this recording and this segment was was being a a creative with purpose, right? And I think me and you both have we use our platforms for a purpose, something that we feel like we were called for, but on top of that, like you're also a woman of God, you're a mother who actively involves their children in their creative process as well to try to bring things out of them. So like, I wanted to talk to you about stuff from this aspect of like what it is, not only being a creative and, and a single mother, but also being in your purpose in creating and how you also like to include your kid, because that's dope. Like, you know, I have my episode with Amaya Xavier's coming up next. I try to include them where I can, but I don't feel like I even do it to the level that you do it. So we got to get into you. But before we get into that, let's talk about you and how you got into podcasting and and creating, because your story is amazing and whatever you feel like sharing and not like, how did you come up with the idea for Poetry After Dark and the execution? We have to so basically, um, Poetry After Dark, of course, it just came, um, you guys were the inspiration um, for Poetry After Dark. Um, I was listening to Love, Lust, and Bad So, and I, it was odd. It just kind of sparked. And I was like, nobody's like really talking like this in a poetic way. So that's how that came about. Mm-hmm. Had fun with that. Um, God definitely granted me the grace to <laughs> be as raw, <laughs> as raw and as uncut uh, as I possibly wanted to. And then it just pretty much um, got to a point where I think it was just getting too much for him. He knows me, but still, I think I was like, okay, yeah, you're doing too much. And he had me to shift gears. And so rest in peace to Poetry After Dark. And that's where we now have the Grayfield Podcast, which is more so uh, um it's just me. It's me sharing different life experiences. It's me basically sharing um, my encounters with God as well. And um, just being, trying to give people hope and encouragement and inspiration to keep going. So that's kind of how I kind of fell into politics. Okay. That's a, I didn't, I, I, if you told me that before, like maybe I just completely lost. I didn't know that Love, Lust, and Badass Soul kind of sparked that. I did not. That's dope. That's, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, that's that's humbling the shit right now because you know I, like I love poetry after dark and like I never knew that so that that's that's what's up that's what's up and you know love less and badass so like we've we've regeared now that uh, lady has joined the show and stuff and it's getting back to like the funniness and that, that's just my fun podcast but I love that a lot of, that people still get something out of something that I truly do just like that's my podcast just for fun everything else has is like purpose like the awakened soul is for the listeners. Um, the Breaks Radio is really, like, for the culture. And then, like, Love, Lust, and Badass Soul is for me. Like, that's just my shit and my time to get my shit off. <laughs> I'll make me cringe sometimes. I'm just like, 
Like, really? <laughs> oh, man, it's that podcast. Like, and the fact that my mom listens to it sometimes, I'm like, look, mom, you got to stop. Like, you got to stop. Um, Yeah, so <laughs> at that point, the ice is broken. There, there's no more being shy or anything with podcasting anymore. Like, mama listened to that one. It was over with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, recently, like, God, God told you, um, to mm-hmm. stop poetry after dark and to start something new, so like that that kind of brings it all around of what we're talking about. So when you when your purpose to do something right, when your purpose to not because a lot of people create because it's either an outlet they create just for something to do, they create because they think it's going to get them rich and famous. Which the, I feel really sorry for the people who get into podcasts they think they're going to be rich and famous. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, like to actually podcast with a purpose and to create with a purpose because it's more than just podcasting you're creating a whole thing um like what was that like for you were you ever trying to like because you know we find ourselves bargaining with god right like well god i know you really want me to do this but let me just stay doing it for like a little while or like do you <laughs> what was that process like for you Look, and i'm tapping on this thing because you know <laughs> like he knows me he knows me um but I knew it was coming. He had already given me the go ahead before. He had already told me before. He was like, you know, like you know, this is gonna stop, right? And I'm like, yeah. But he didn't. He didn't give me like an exact date. So I was like, okay, he'll tell me when he's mm-hmm. ready. And I was actually writing the last um, short story. And in the midst, of, I was getting ready to record. Mm-hmm. He was like, nope, it's time to dismantle it. <laughs> and I was like, and. Yeah. See, I deal with thug God. I don't know which one y'all do. Thuggish would be like for real. So um, I sit there for a minute and I was just like, dang, hey, can I get this one out? And you know how you feel like your parents jack you up? Like, yeah. that's what I feel. I was like, okay. So I just started taking everything down. I did do um, the last episode of Poetry After Dark. Um, I just called it like this huge ass announcement and I explained like everything as to why. Um, but I do, I just really feel, um, thankful and grateful that he did allow me to do that because it was an outlet. It was fun. Like it, it was definitely fun to tap into that different type of um, creativity. Yeah. But I knew that, um, I knew it wasn't going to last long because I have, I have more to say. It's more value in my words than yeah. just talking excessively. Yeah. I'm moving to that call. <laughs> It, but the thing, the thing too, is I think once we once we do move in purpose, right? It it everything that seems like it's going to be difficult stops being difficult. Like that's what I that's what and that's like with my live and actually on this full episode of the Awakened Soul, like I'm at, in the end of my haste, I'm gonna play a little bit from my live the other day, um, because it, it that was powerful and it touched people. So I'm like, I gotta put it out there for the masses. You saw it, um, but I feel like like for me and. I always try to like identify through through like stuff how it's affected me. Like I'm a super quiet. Like you've been around me in person at the Melanin Festival. I am extremely quiet person. I don't like talking. But when I get to talking about something that I know I'm called to talk about, it's funny how like I won't stop. Like I won't stop talking. It, it and it just flows. I don't even think about it. Like we were on that live the other day and. Like, I look up, and it was a live that I had planned on getting on for, like, maybe 10 minutes, waiting to leave to go to the family's house, turned into a 40-minute session where people are like, I'm crying, I'm wiping my eyes, like, and it's like, see, that that's not me, like, and, and that's something that I've had to learn, like, being somebody who is a naturally cocky person, I can admit that about myself, um, 
I've had to learn to be to look at stuff and be like, look, I couldn't do this if it was just me. As cocky as I am, there's no way that I could do it if it was just me doing it in my own power. I'm able to do it because this is what I'm called to do, right? And this is what I'm passionate about. And because what me sitting behind that mic for that 40 minutes talking, you know, yeah, it's fun for me. It's an outlet for me. But pe- more, the people who listen to that got more out of it than I will ever get out of it. And because I can touch people's souls like that, like that's something that I don't take for granted anymore. I did. My first year and a half of podcasts, and I can sit here and admit, I took all that shit for granted. Now it's like to be doing this for almost three, it'll be three years and like three weeks is my one year anniversary. Um, To be doing this for three years and I still get people go and listen to like the first five episodes and get something out of it and hit me back like, there's there's no more cockiness in that for me because that's not me. I, Cordero yeah. of end of his own could not do that. So you know whatever higher power you you want to call a, a lay that out to like I know what that God has strengthened me to do what I what I what I'm doing because I just I couldn't do it on on my own. Right, and it's um it's it is it's easy, it's interesting because like when it comes to anything that has to do with him it may start out hard but it does. It, it's a flow to it. Yeah. Like it is just a natural flow. You don't really have to think about it. And um, it is funny because I can count on one hand how many words you said at Mill in the Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, um, but it is funny. It's just interesting. Like when you are, when you're operating in your calling and your purpose, of, and there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Let me double back. Cause there's nothing wrong with being cocky when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. Cause I am. And I don't care um, because what it is. Um, But you're supposed to have that type of confidence in God so that you can continue to do what it is that he has you to do. Um, And when I watched on that episode, yeah, as soon as you had the mic, like it was a flow and then it was a shift. And it's it's funny to watch because sometimes I'm going to call you out a little bit. So sometimes (laughs) it is funny um, because you're trying to catch yourself and like go back to the beginning of what you were saying. And it's like, no, like that's not what he wants you to talk about. Like, let it flow. That's why I shifted. So, I'm going back. Yeah, yeah. I feel because I feel so like in my mind, like I often feel like I start ranting, um, and I've and I still struggle with like what's the difference between a rant and what's the difference between like no, nah, this is the way the conversation's supposed to go. So in my mind, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, all right, now let me get back on this topic that I'm supposed to get on, and people and even in the chat, people were like, oh no, hold on, wait a second, now nah, come come on back with that. <laughs> like wait a second, what you doing? We don't we don't want to go back to what you're talking about. You need to stay. <laughs> Right here with what you're talking about now, like I'm like, all right, all right, this is what y'all want me to talk about. I'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's and you know, for me too, you know, uh, like in our community, like there's always that don't tell too much of your business. So I I struggle with that sometimes still right now. But lately, it's just been like, look, I don't give a damn. I'm finna tell it all. Like, <laughs> so and see, that's what I call myself. I think you're like me. I'm like I'm a public private person, which means I will share what God wants me to share in public. Still heavily guarded um, around um, like things and people that are important to me. Yeah. So like I'll share, but um, like I feel like I'm a Rubik's cube. Like you may get that one in and all the colors lined up, but you still got to tell the ninety percent. Mm-hmm. You got to try to figure out how to line everything up. Yeah. So I mean, basically, that's just how it. That's just how it is. Yeah. And I think it's cool because more more people they should they should get comfortable with telling different parts of their lives, but they classify it as you know being nosy and that's not what it is it's somebody out there waiting on waiting on you to tell your story so they can understand how to how to get through it mm-hmm. 
stories. <laughs> but enough about me, because I don't know how the hell we even got on me. This is supposed to be about you. Um, what, like, what? So, being with everything that's going on right now, like, do you ever feel like you balance between? You have to like balance between like being kind of the flag barrier because there's there's a lot of women like your your story is amazing right and your perspective is and what you go through like do you ever feel like it's kind of your duty to kind of explain to brothers what women go through because like you you put your words together so well right and you are someone who very who with your your platform and your media you you strike the balance between uplifting men but also making them aware of what women go through and I think a lot of people don't can't balance it like they're either people who feel like like they're capping for men like they get that label and they don't talk about women struggle enough or they get the the feminist label and then it's like all you talk about is women 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 but i feel like you like really you uplift men and women on your platform so like how do you balance those two mm, um, and i can't even take credit for that because <laughs> um I, it's weird i didn't know i did that <laughs> really you're crazy no so, crazy. no not at all um but I always, I love to play devil's advocate. Like, I love to look at both sides of things. So, um, just, of course, being a woman and going through um, a lot, like I like I said, I do try to express that um, mm-hmm. and share as much as I can. And there is actually something that God has put on my heart to share um, that I have to go back to and share. But um, then also, because I do, I have a lot of homeboys. Uh, so I hear their stories. Like, some stuff, yeah, I don't know. They just look at me as a dude. So I hear it all and I understand. So somewhere in between, I try to get the women to understand, like, yo, this is what the dudes are saying on this end. And then I try to get the, you know, the guys to understand. That end. But I do it, I guess it's unknowingly because I had no idea. <laughs> that's what was going on. Hey, you good at it. Like, that's all I can say. Um, but like with, with so let's let's switch gears again. Then with your sons, okay. single mother and you do an amazing job with them. Like if nobody's told you, let me, let me tell you as somebody who has two boys themselves, like I, and I fight every day to not strangle one of them every day is always one of them. that get on my nerves. Um, I got a great beard hair that keeps like, I, I've plucked it like five times and I know it's because of them. I know for a fact it's because of them, but uh, like, how do, you, how do you balance it? Like, how do you work like to, do everything because you have your like we talked about everything creative but outside of just creativity like you are actually doing stuff in your community you were at that food drive not too long ago where you guys were giving away food like you have a, a genuine heart to help people and but how does how did like doing all that and balancing being a single mother how do you do it um it's oh man because i can't even put it into words it's just like that was my son calling <laughs> <laughs> see he knew, he knew he's like somebody talking about I'm like, what? You wait until afterwards. Look, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, it's I'm pretty good at multitasking, so it just kind of it just comes natural to me. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I know what their schedules are, and so while they're working, maybe on school stuff or um, you know whatever the case is, they work on their little projects. Then that's when I try to do um, my work, and then I make sure that I come to. A stop and I make everybody stop once they're done and we're gonna we're gonna go outside like we're gonna go do something um on the weekends they pretty much go to their their dad so when they're on the weekends I try to make the most of like um, the most of my weekend and that's when I just go and like I said volunteer um go visit some people I haven't seen in a long time um, donate some stuff like 
it's a lot, but it's it's odd, I guess, when uh, and that's something I say with parents, like when you actually like your kids, like you can love your kids and not like them, but uh-huh. when you love and you like your kids, like it doesn't, it don't feel like a chore or like a job. Sure. Like it's sure. just, it's just fun. Yeah. I don't know how I balance it out. I just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is it is like you got you got to have joy in like doing this because you know a lot of people talk and like i see so much negative talk towards like being parents on like twitter and stuff and i'm just like like i just that's just not my experience like i don't take away don't want to take away from anybody's experience as a parent but like mine has been nothing but a joy and pot like yeah of course I, you have your stressful moments and you have your moments like i said where you just want to want to strangle one of them but like everything is it's, it's all it's all worth it like to me like I, I i love being a father like this is my greatest joy in the world and i i did it i'm not finna do it again i'm not finna go down this path of being the sensitive father so we not finna there's a whole recording of me doing that shit i'm not doing it again but um <laughs> But yeah, well, be man. careful now. Like, mm-hmm. no, just let it be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Should be going to my kids' heads like, oh, daddy loves us. No, I hate y'all. Oh, I'm just letting you know. No! <laughs> <laughs> like, you, just gotta, you, just gotta look, you just gotta look at your kids right in the face and be like, I hate you, but I love you, but I will kill you also. Like, it's just, you just gotta let them know. Uh, you gotta have that balance. Like I haven't had to whip my kids since they were like five and seven. Mm. That's it. Because all I have to do is just give them that, that look, where I'm like, oh, okay, and they never know what that means. So we're good. <laughs> like never. But yeah, I definitely like I, I enjoy I enjoy my kids. Like I think I was definitely one of the few parents when COVID happened mm-hmm. and they stopped going to school. Like I was excited. I was like, oh, I get to see y'all every day. And they was like, mom. Like no, they were ready to go to school. <laughs> What's like? Are they are they worried about school? Not like phys- they're not physically going back to school once school year starts back. Um. So I, my oldest is an extreme introvert. Mm-hmm. My oldest is the complete opposite. He likes to be out and about. So my oldest, he doesn't care. Like he rather be at home on the laptop. He's fine. But my oldest, he's. Uh, it gets to him every now and then because he can't see his friends and he plays sports and stuff like that. So okay. I think they're giving us the option this year. Uh, so I have to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's been, it's been getting back bad there out there. Right. Like how do you, how are you dealing with that? With like COVID coming back full force out there? Um, just trying to be protected. Like I do my sanitizer thing. I have it in the car. Um, the tat, like ten percent OCD, so I'm always wiping down and cleaning stuff anyway. Um, but just just trying to be cautious and be aware, but at the same time, not let it get in my head to the point where I just want to barricade myself and the kids in the house. Mm-hmm. Like they still need to be outside and um, be boys. So it's, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not too bad. It's one of those things like you don't know. Yeah, it's really it's starting. I, I think it's just starting to like become normal part of life now, like the mask and everything. Like at this point, like I don't even have to tell my kids like when we walk out the door, like to put their mask on. They like they, they grab it right along with their shoes. It's just it's just right. part of the part of the attire now. So it's funny how like because kids are. I think we don't give kids enough credit for how adaptable they are in in situations like. Yeah, you have to remind them sometimes, but usually once they understand the framework of what's going on, kids adapt very quickly. Um, and like mine have just 
like hand sanitizers. Like when we go out from like being in public to immediately when we get in the car, they automatically grabbing the hand sanitizers. Then when we get back in the house, they washing their hands and everything and changing back. Like so, it's 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 like it's just become a normal part of our life. And we live in Ohio, where like our COVID cases have been, we've been one of the better states with it the whole time. Um, so like, but we still you still got to be cautious because you never just because we have been in Ohio this whole time. You never know where other people have come from, especially like right. people who like got those cheap flights to Florida. How y'all feeling about that right now? Like, like has, didn't this, didn't this say like it was like 40 K cases in like the last week or something out there. Like that's crazy. It, it's, it's, it's insane. It really and, is. And it's so funny because I swear, like, cause me and my kids usually go on a vacation in the summer. We, we do one mm-hmm. vacation in the summer and then we do something small in like the spring where we just go somewhere for a couple of days. So like, when those flights were that cheap to Florida, I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll go to Florida and, and hang on the beach for a couple of days. But something just told me, like, you know what? You might as well wait till this is all over with. And now, look, I'm so glad that we didn't go because that, that crap is crazy. Like, they got to reclose those beaches. Like, when will it be over? Like, that's the question. Yeah. Like, and I feel that, I really do feel that a lot of us have come in contact with it. Some mm-hmm. of us just have, like, amazing immune systems. Like, that's the, that's the only thing. But, um, and I was talking with a friend about how you haven't heard anything about strokes, diabetes, heart attacks, nothing like that. Because yeah. yeah, they're they're putting everything under COVID. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, And this, this uh, last bit of, of thing that I'm going to drop on you right quick, and this is just because it just, like, dropped today. Kanye West is running for president. What do you? How do you feel about? It? <laughs> Listen, this is your reaction is exactly why I like I like tell people I don't even want to be a YouTuber, but I'm like you guys got to check out the videos that of these podcasts because <laughs> because the, you got to see some of the facial reactions because the way your face just went is I think exactly how I felt the first time I read that I was looking like. Like this guy, I was, I'm like, no, this had somebody had to hack his Twitter. But this motherfucker uh, is dead serious. He's been serious, he, but he said that for a while now, like for a long time. And I'm just like, let's just throw the whole state away. Let's just start all over with everything. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a mess. This is, it's a mess. I mean, but you know what? Once, a- once Donald Trump won the presidency, I, I thought I. I pretty much was sure that it was going to be another celebrity run. Last thing I thought it would be mentally unstable as Kanye West, but I digress. Um, but yeah, like that shit is strange to me, fam. Like that. And then it, I knew, I thought, I thought it would be Oprah. Honestly, I thought it would be Oprah before anybody else, but like Kanye, like what, what have you done that you feel like the same person who just said slavery was a choice? Um, he he, and then I don't even like making fun of this. Like I'm, and I don't say this to make fun of it. But Kanye is not mentally stable. He's not. So what makes him think that he can deal with the pressures of running a country when just running his day to day life gets overwhelming to him? And again, I'm not saying that to make fun of or a joke or anything. This is just reality. Like Kanye West, we went through eight months of Kanye West in a in a mental breakdown for eight straight months, and that was just him being a normal celebrity. You you want to be the president of the United States? That's scary. Yeah, that's scary. Same because he doesn't run his life. <laughs> Kim does. So and then Kim Kardashian is the first lady. Oh come on! If he, if, he, <laughs> if he gets an office, that that's what's going on. 
Because he had his moments. Like, he's one day he's going to wake up and he's going to be, he'll be straight. And then the next day he'll be like, let's burn everything down. Like, exactly. you, know, you, can, you can see Trump waking up. I mean, not Trump. Kanye waking up one day and being like, you know what? Today we outlawing pants. Anybody with pants on gets thrown in jail. Like, and it wouldn't even be shocking to me. I, I would not be shocked by that at all. I got to. Because I feel like he would actually get in office. Man, listen. I really, really. I mean, he got the. Rep- I'm not even gonna get it. We're not getting into politics. Yeah, we, we're like gonna this. stop because this, this, it's depressing, yeah. right? And I've been doing better at not drinking too much, <laughs> and I just think like I want to keep it that way, like. Um, <laughs> but to get back on, yeah, on, <laughs> on cre- creativity, um, I, I, I got something I want to tell you, right? And this is something that okay. has been on my spirit to talk to you about a lot, and I think sometimes. Uh, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes you don't want to label yourself as a creative, and I feel like I feel like it's like that thing. Like I, I I'm a big basketball fan. Like some people in basketball, like like they'll say they're six eleven and three four. Like they don't want to be seven foot for some reason because once you reach seven foot, like you're looked at as like a freak. And sometimes I feel like you don't want to be late. Like you respect creatives to the utmost. You talk about them on your platform. You big up creative hell. The breaks media, like you have done so much to help the awareness of the breaks media. Um, but I feel like you don't want to label yourself as a creative. And when I look at like what you created with poetry after dark, when I like see some of the stuff that you've written, when I, when I talk to you about ideas and stuff that you have, motherfucker, you more of a creative than me. Let me just tell you, like, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. So like, I need, I need to know, like, what is it? What is the barrier for you that like, it seems like you don't want to go full in into being a creative. I do. I think I'm just kind of treading water with it. What you drinking up? But um, <laughs> that's lemonade. Good deal. <laughs> uh, but um, no, like I, I think I do, but I think I just don't make it like an announcement. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like I, I can, I can feel that. You know, um, because what I don't want to be, um. I refuse that I never will be is uh, to be put in a box when it comes to creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, dang, that kind of stunned though. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just, I, I pay attention. There, I'm extremely observant and I'm just looking at them like, first of all, you got XYZ, you got this, you got that, you got, motherfucker, you are a creative. Like, what are we <laughs> doing here? Like, if anybody is one, it's you. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. You watching, watching you with convos with creatives, and you like, and even the way that you like break down and get people to open up about their creativity and like stuff, that, their their mindset and stuff. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you should be interviewing your damn self. Like, what's happening? No, we will not have the Jada versus Jada moment. <laughs> oh my first. god, man! Listen, but um, I don't know. Yes and no. You know what? I know what it is. I still kind of wrestle with the fact that um, I like to be behind the scenes on a lot of stuff. I love to give people ideas. I like to, um, you know, promote like all that stuff. And so I still, it's still kind of this tug of war with God. It's like, okay, but I'm about to put you in the forefront. But why you keep scooting back? It's kind Mm -hmm. of that that thing. And like, I'm not afraid or anything like that. It's I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Golly. You hit real hard. Hey, I Thank told you. I, needed I, it though, I don't pull a, no. You, 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 you of all people know I pull no punches on the Awakening Soul, so you should have known I was coming for you. Um, I knew. I just didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So um, I kind of want to end this on this one thing to be uplifting, right? I want to I want to tell you one thing that I have learned from you um as a creative um and then you can share one thing you've either learned from me or another creative. How, how does that sound? All right. So the one thing that I have definitely learned from you um since I've known you is to not be apologetic about a goddamn thing, right? And I think I've always had that a little bit, but like you were the first person to call me out and be like, "Look, I'll listen to this. What you said was great. It was dope. It was amazing." But I know you pulled a punch here and there, and I was like, "God damn it, shit! Can I sneak anything by at all?" Like, <laughs> so, I, like in in doing that, it's like I, mean, I don't know if you noticed it. Like, and anyone who doesn't know, like when Stephanie listens to your show, she listens. So, like, um, I can't remember exactly what episode it was. I don't know if it was Pieces of Me or another one. But like, you broke it down, and like you were like, "Look, I loved your points here. I love your point there." But I could tell you were holding back on this last one. And I'm sitting there looking like, God damn. Do I, I got nine out of ten, though. I got nine out of ten. But uh, <laughs> but I think that it's made me, like, I and I told you, like, the last, like, three or four episodes, like, three or four weeks of The Awakening Soul, like, I felt like I'm on this, like, creative high. And that's honestly after that conversation with you. And it's like, yeah, what what am I apologizing about? We finna go, we finna go knock this shit out. And since then, it's just been, like, it's been flowing right it's been flowing and you know i come off like an asshole sometimes but sometimes we need that and you know i mean just being real so i want to thank you for seeing something in me that at that time i was holding back on purpose because i got the cocky label very early on in like podcasting and i wanted to kind of fix that but at the same time it's like i need to realize that to to the point we talked about earlier like it's it's not just me who's doing this so a even if i am cocky it's being cocky in the ability that's been bestowed upon me not just me and my own self but even with that if you if you feel the way about it and do something better than me like that's all i can say to people who feel some way about (laughs) being cocky um but (laughs) what about you oh man oh man um i think the like for me because I do. Like, when I listen to, to your stuff, um, especially anything from, like, the Awaken Soul, like, I take notes. And that's just that's just what I do. Like, different things pop out. Like, I'm taking notes and I'm coming back. But, you know, how I felt about all the notes I took. Mm-hmm. Um, but with you, I, I'm enjoying seeing your growth. Like, that's fun for me. Um, because I listened to an episode where you were up. Yeah, you was apologizing. You was apologizing for... You was. You was apologizing for um, for how you started off the show. Um, and basically, ah, what episode was that? Um, it was how you started off the show. And it's like you were taking credit for a majority of the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was like this shift. Mm-hmm. I don't know what episode that was. <laughs> I don't know. I have no I'm going to find it. <laughs> it was a shift. And um, you were just kind of fussing at yourself. Basically, oh, I know. Uh, get the fluff out. Was that it? There you go. Yeah. There you go. That was like one of my favorites too. And it was just kind of like you having a moment, realizing like, wait a minute, like let me slow down. What am I doing? Let me regroup and do this the right way. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that said a lot because a lot of people they they're not going to do that at all. You see it every day. Um, and just to see how you're continuing to be super vulnerable with people, which is what we need. So I'm glad that people were crying this Saturday about um, when you were let them cry when they was going into detail <laughs> about um, when you were going 
God. Yeah, let them because you they may have needed to. Yeah. Like you don't know how long people have been holding stuff in, and for you to like, I mean, you started talking switch from creative scene, and you just went into your life, and it's like somebody somebody needs to hear that. So I'm enjoying watching the growth um, of you not being afraid to share those moments, um, those things that you went through. Because like I said, somebody is every day. Somebody is waiting on your story. Yeah. That yeah, that was a dark time of my life, man. That that I needed that though. It was therapeutic though. It honestly was. So I'm looking forward to the conversation with you. Oh, I'm waiting on that one. Just, uh, man, it's gonna be But that's gonna help a lot of people too. Yeah, I hope oh, so. Because a lot of um a lot of people are very timid when it comes with their kids. Mm. Um they're not very honest. They don't allow. It, they don't sit and ask their kids, you know, to just ask them anything. And that's what's uh, that's what needs to be done more of. And I always think about like all the violence and stuff that's going on. Like, did they ever take a moment to ask these people about their childhood? Like, they probably had nobody talking to them. Yeah. And so you can change the whole generation with just talking to your kids. That's it. Yeah, there you go. That's great words. That's a, that's a great way to end it. Like, talk to you got talk to your children, man, and talk to them like they're. Not like they're just, sometimes we don't need to talk down to our children. Like and you know, and like I talked about on that um that live, like my, my kids have taught me how to be a better parent by me just listening to them and talk and being real with them. So you gotta be vulnerable with your children. And don't be afraid to tell your kids your mistakes either. Like they need to know that. They need to know the crap that you did back <laughs> in the day so that they can they can make a choice. Yeah. Like they can choose whether they want to, you know, I'm gonna do what my daddy did or do something different. But nine times out of ten, once they once they find out, you know, what you did and why you start doing it, like they'll go a whole different different route and they'll actually like respect you more because you're being real with them. So be real with your kids. There you go. Better words have not been spoken. <laughs> Well, Miss Stephanie, <laughs> give them your social media. Tell them where they can follow you and find you at. And I need to come to Dallas and get a plate. <laughs> you and that plate right now, that was funny. Listen, I wanted that plate. That I'm was just saying. funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you can find me on um, Facebook at Stephanie Reads. Stephanie with an F, not a PH. Um, also on Instagram at underscore. S-I-M-P-L-E-S-T-E-F and underscore the Great Good Podcast and I'm going to just leave it at those two because it's too many. <laughs> You'll find everything else by going through those two. I'm sure I'm sure they'll find it. Um, you guys know where you can follow me at. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awaken So Pod or The Awaken So Pod. We out this bitch. Peace. Feel us. America got a thing for this gangster shit. They love me. Black chuckers, black scully, leather pele pele. I take spit over rainbow shit. I'm a fan dude. Got that silver duct tape on my tray handle. The women in my life bring confusion to shit. So like Nino and New Jack, I'll cancel that bitch. Look at me. 
this is the life I chose Niggas around me so cold, man my heart gun froze I build an empire on a load of knocks Don't know I'm the weatherman, I take that cocoa leaf and make that snow Sit back, watch it turn the door, watch it go out the door O after O, you know, homie I'm just triple beam Dreaming, niggas be scheming I finna live the good life, the fiends are just feeling Conceal my weapon nice and neat so you can't see The penitentiary is definitely out the question for me I want to find a thing to save my life So I hustle, hustle Nigga, you get in my way while I'm trying to get mine And I walk you, walk you I don't care who you run with or who you from Nigga, fuck you, fuck you I want to find a thing to save my life yeah. I don't know shit about gymnastics I summer saw bricks from black talent start flying When a nigga flip I cook crack in a microwave Niggas can't fuck with me man my cogies Call me chef boy Every now and again you just gotta take your kids to CPS and just be like look this could be your life but it isn't it isn't That's terrible <laughs> Oh gosh! I'm just saying, man. That's some crap I do. I used to take my kids to the hood. See, and then if, if they not thankful after that, then you just gotta send them a day. Like my mom used to threaten that with me all the time. I'm gonna send you to jail for a day. I'm like, you hey. wouldn't dare. You would not dare. She gotta, cause I I can take it that far. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I have people watching me, but ah, yeah. Growing up with my father, his military ass, like prison wouldn't have been that much different. So I mean, it is what it is. That's terrible. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. We done broke the ice. You ready? Let's get into it. Yeah, we good.